0: Thank you so much for joining us today. We're always encouraged to know God is working through New Beginnings to touch lives. So if you have a story to share of how God's working in your life, please let us know. Send us an email at newbeginningsnj.org. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. I don't know about you, but 2017 was a year of many ups and downs. Uh, I think our lives are made up of these uh, valley experiences and mountaintop experiences and everything in between, and um, I don't know about you, but I'm glad 2017 is done. Amen? Amen. Um, Yeah, let's just say that. It's just done. I'm not going into details. (laughs) Um, Some of us had some of the best blessings this year, and some, unfortunately, uh, endured through some of the worst tragedies, and... Thank God that the Lord's with us through all of those experiences. Amen? Amen. Amen. But here we are, in God's mercy and grace, we're going to enter into 2018, knowing that he's with us, knowing that he said, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you, no matter what year it is. Amen? Amen. So, we're marching forth. We're going to go into this year in faith. We're going to go in knowing that his power resides inside of us, his name has been given to us. And that uh, no matter what comes against us, if God be for us, who could be against us? Amen? Amen. So I want to take you to a verse of scripture in the Old Testament. It's kind of a special verse. I, I like to kind of like focus in on this verse this time of the year uh, as we prepare for this new year that we're marching into. It's Deuteronomy chapter 11, starts in verse 10. And I just want you to, to listen to it and I'll explain the symbolism involved here. Um, for the land which you go to possess, that God's speaking to uh, the Israelites who have come out of Egypt, they've crossed through the Red Sea, and they are now on their way towards their promised land, that place of, of promise that God made to them, even to their, their ancestor, Abraham. He promised to Abraham 430 years before this that he would bring uh, his descendants into this land. You, you know the story. They suffered in slavery In Egypt and then God raised up a deliverer for them and and Moses came on the scene and and delivered those people out of uh, Egypt and brought them into the promised land or at least brought them to the very borders of the promised land. And there's a promise that God made here as he's preparing them to go from that land of slavery and that whole mindset of slavery into this new land. Now listen to this, for the land which you go to possess is not like the land of Egypt from which you have come where you sowed your seed and watered it by foot, and I'll explain that to you, as a vegetable garden. He said, this is a different land where you're going, but the land which you cross over to possess. Now, mind you, watch that phrase there, that you cross over to possess. God brings us to the boundaries of certain things and seasons in our life for us to cross over into, not to be intimidated by, not to be frightened by, not to be discouraged but to gain the the courage that we need, the strength that we need, the faith that we need to cross over to do what? Possess. Possess. Now, symbolically speaking, the Bible, when the Bible speaks about crossing over into a land or crossing over, crossing a river or crossing the sea, crossing something, it's always symbolic of us passing from one season to another season. Now, it's talking, naturally speaking, the crossing over, but We take the symbolism that we are crossing from one phase of life, from one season of life, into another. We, today, stand at the threshold. 2017 is over with. It's a few hours from now, okay? And 2018 is about to burst upon us, okay? So he's brought us to this place, and some of you have gone through some major tragedies last year. Some of you had some major blessings, and again, our lives are made up of everything in between. However, he's bringing us, he brought us today to December the 31st, 2017, to be able to cross over and to possess 2018. Amen. Amen. Now, he says the land you should cross over to possess is a land of hills and valleys, just like life, which drinks water from the rain of heaven. You and I are sustained by God's grace that comes to us because we're in relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 The land which you are, are, are which, a land for which the Lord your God, now watch this here now, cares. The eyes of the Lord your God are always on it. Now, he's talking about in a natural sense that God's eyes are always on that land that they're going to possess, because that's his land. He declared it to be his land. He declared that that land is for his people. Amen? But in, in, in us today, here we are getting ready to step into 2018, 2018 is a land that we are positioned to possess. It is, is an unknown land for us. Amen. We don't really know what's coming in 2018. We've gotten some glimpses. Some of you may have some plans already of what's going to happen in next year and what you're going to do. And, and, and maybe you're going to change jobs or maybe you're going to change geographic locations or whatever. You, you, you have an idea. There's some things coming up. We, even here in leadership in the church, we have some idea of what's, of what's going to be. 2018 and what it's going to be all about, what we're going to be moving into, what, what areas we, we, or we may be exploring some different areas of ministry. We have some ideas, but we don't know 100%. But we know this. He's already been there. For those of you who, because there are some people that just get this, this anxiousness, this anxiety starts to build up at the end of the year, uh, having to face a new year. And most of that is based on the fact that maybe your years haven't been that great up until now but he's brought us to the very boundary, to the very border of this new land called 2018 in order for us to possess it, not to be intimidated by it. And he said his eyes are upon it, look at this, from the beginning of the year to the very end of the year. Now That promise holds for every year. So what is he saying? No matter what year you're in, no matter what land you're in, no matter what season you're in, no matter what you face, no matter what challenges, no matter what opportunities you have, Uh, My eyes are already upon that land. I'm already in 2018. Don't be afraid. I've been there. I know what you're going to face. I know what opportunities are going to be there. I'm with you. Amen. Amen? Amen? Amen. So, as they're preparing to enter this promised land, the Lord reminds them of his presence. The Lord reminds them, I'm here with you. I've already been in this land. I know what it's like. Now, back in Egypt, they had a tough life. You remember they were slaves? They were enslaved by, by Pharaoh to serve him. And, and in Egypt, the only way you prospered in Egypt if you're gonna grow crops is that you either have to get a piece of property that's very close to the Nile River or you're gonna to have to dig some type of a canal, some type of a drainage ditch or something that's gonna divert water from the main source and bring it over to where your property is and that takes work. And so the, the whole symbol of what he's speaking about, he said, the land that you're going to is not like the land that you're in. Okay? And, 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 and I, I pray that I can speak that over your life, that the year that you're coming into is not like the year that you had. Why? Because hopefully we learned some things last year. How many would say you learned a few things last year? Even though some things might have been tough, might have been hard, but you learned some things. Now what pity would it be if we forgot the lessons we learned and now start this year all over again from scratch? Doesn't make any sense, does it? So he's saying to them, look, the land that you're going to is not like the land that you're in. See, there, they had to pump water by foot. Somebody had to constantly be pumping water to get that water from the main source, the Nile, to get it over to where your property is so that you can grow some crops. He said, no, the land that you're going to, you're not going to have to do that. You're not going to pump water. You're not going to have to worry about irrigation drains. You're not gonna, why? Because the land that you're going to drinks from the rains of heaven. That's always symbolic of God's grace always symbolic of the presence of the Holy Spirit, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the richness of God's grace. He said that land that you're going to, that 2018 that you're about to step into, for those of you that had a tough year last year, trust God and believe God that next year, your year, your land that you're walking into is gonna drink from the rains of heaven. You're gonna walk into a, a phase and a season of grace and favor like you've never had before, amen? How many are ready for that type of a year? Amen, hallelujah, thank God, thank God. So, and to know that the eyes of the Lord are upon it from the beginning to the end. There is never a day, there is never an hour, there is never a moment that his eye is not upon you. He knows everything. He knows everything that you're going to experience. He knows, and, and this is, thank God, thank God, he even knows what you need to be able to endure. He even knows what you need to be able to take advantage of the opportunities that are going to come across your path in this coming year. If there's an area of our lives that we're lacking, if there's an area where we have not developed yet, God is aware of those areas. Now, what is he waiting for? Well, he's waiting for you to say, Lord, Just do an inventory of me. What what am I not ready for? What am I lacking? What what opportunity may present itself that I may not be equipped yet? Father, equip me. Empower me. Grace me. Get me to the place where I'm ready to take advantage of every opportunity that you cross my path with. Amen? Amen. So this is a blessing that is promised from God to watch over our lives and everything that pertains to us for each new season, every new opportunity. Now, let's just be real open and honest here today. You and I cannot stop the progression of time as much as we'd like to sometimes. New Year's Day is coming. January 1st is coming. There's nothing you could do to stop it. Whether you're ready for it or not, whether you're prepared for it or not, it's coming. So what I want to do today in the service is, um, you may have seen this little cup thingy on your seat there when you came in. We're going to take communion together before the end of the service. Now what I want to do from this point on is explain to you from the scriptures the principle of communion. Now, we know that this is what Jesus did on the night before he went to the cross. I mean, uh, no matter what Christian denomination and background you came from, uh, you probably understand this much. Jesus, uh, the night before he went to the cross, uh, gathered his disciples together. They're celebrating uh, a, a holiday called Passover, which was commemorating when they left egypt and and came through the Red Sea and gained their freedom, and that night Jesus took that opportunity to prepare his disciples for the next season of life that they were going to enter, this season of not having him there in person. Now, what I want you to understand and what I want you to grab hold of today, so that we when we take communion. Uh, in just a short time from now, that our hearts are prepared, and we're not just doing it like you know it's 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 wafer time and juice time, it's not snack time, okay? It's not um, if you grew up in the denomination that I grew up in, you know, when it came time to that point in the mass where the bell started ringing, you know, you're thinking as a as a young kid, I'm thinking, okay, good, we only got five minutes and we're out of here, <laughs> okay? And I pray that communion never represents that in our church. Okay, it's good. They got the juice, got the wafer. We're out of here in a few minutes. That we would develop a reverence on the inside. That we would hold this time as sacred. And that my hope is and my goal that I want to accomplish today is to show you all throughout the the history of the Bible, all throughout the word of God, that God used this observance to launch his people into the next season of their lives. What I want you to consider this, God created us. He created you. He knows you. He knows me. He knows our emotions. He knows our our emotional makeup. He knows our soul. In other words, our mind, our will, our emotions. He knows what we're like. He created us in such a way where you and I, as human beings on this planet, we need boundaries. I don't know if you understand that. If you've ever raised any children, you know Children need boundaries. Well, he is the original father in heaven, he knows that his children need boundaries. You and I need lines of demarcation. We need to know the boundaries of our lives. We need to know the boundaries of our seasons. If you're not aware of the boundaries of your season, and if you're not aware that you're going from one season to another season, you may miss out on what God has for you in that particular season. God very much in his kingdom, in the realm of the spirit, operates in seasons. Okay, and you and I need to be very keenly aware that what, whatever season we are in, we are understanding, we are discerning, we are, we are getting a hold of what we're supposed to in that particular season. He cre- I like to put it this way. To me, the Bible is made up of a series of thresholds. Now, what is a threshold? A threshold is that thing that you stepped over when you walked into this building today. When you walked through the building, you, somebody either opened the door for you, or opened the door, and you crossed over this, out there, a, a big metal strip that's there. That, that there is, is part of the whole framework of the door. And, and so what you did is you went from the outside, you stepped over that threshold, and now you came into the lobby. Okay, you were in that lobby out there, and that lobby is a place where, um, it's, it's mostly sh- social activity that goes on. You might meet some old friends, you may have exchanged some greetings today, you might have met some new friends, maybe you, got a, uh, maybe you got a chance to meet somebody who's here for the first time, you might have explained to them, okay, here's where our children's classrooms are, here's where the restrooms are, here's where the information desk is, all these other things. It's, it's, so we know that the atmosphere there, in that, in that lobby, you went from outside to inside, you crossed over that threshold, so you entered into a new season of the day, okay? The the time of social. Now, once the doors were open here in, in the sanctuary, in the auditorium, you came in, you crossed over another threshold. You went through these double doors back here. And that threshold represents, okay, not only is it obviously physically part of the framework, but it exists there. When you walk through those doors, uh, basically what we're supposed to do in our minds is, okay, that social time is over with now. Now I'm entering into a new season here of this morning here. This time here now is for me to focus on my Father in heaven. Our lives are made up of thresholds. We need those. We need to grasp and be able to understand so that we know how to conduct ourselves, what our expectations should be. Let me give you a, a good example, I think, of a threshold. Uh, none of us like to go to funerals. If you're the type of person who likes to go to funerals, we'll set you up with a, an appointment for Jerry, and, and he will sit down with you and counsel you through that weirdness, okay, because... <laughs> Um, you obviously have become a very morbid individual. But by by creation, we were created to live forever. So therefore, death is very unnatural for us. None of us are comfortable around that. If you are, (laughs) you see what I'm saying? Uh, We are naturally repulsed by death because we were not created to experience death. However, death is part of our lives right now. Now, there'll come a day when death is done away with, and we'll never have to deal with that again, but it's not today, okay? So what happens? So we experience a funeral, we, we go to a funeral, and, and many times, as painful as it is, as heart-wrenching as it is, we need to be able to look into the face of that person, or, or to be able to experience that funeral, or the memorial service, or to come to terms with the fact of, this season is over. And now I'm stepping over this threshold where the person was with me in this phase of life, in this season of life, but from this point forward, that person's not gonna be with me anymore. And I pray to God that I'm not stirring up any wounds here. That's not my goal. It's not my object. I'm not here to pour salt in a wound. What I'm here to say is, look, God understands how we are, and that's why we have to go through these kind of things so that we come face-to-face with the fact to be able to grieve normally and to be able to mourn and then come up on the other side and still be able to live and still be able to conduct life and carry on. And, and not that life is known. Ever, anybody ever tell you, well, you know, everything's going to be okay. Your life will go back to normal. No, it's impossible. Why? Because that person's not there anymore. So we cross over that threshold and we come into a different season of life. Marriage is a threshold. The wedding ceremony is a very necessary thing. Well, why? You know, why do I have to do that? Because, you know, we love each other and we care for each other. Fine, but, but you have it. There's no threshold. There's nothing that separates you from, from the one season. You can't say, well, that was then and this is now. But when you, when you come before a group of individuals and, and you're led in a prayer and recite these vows and, and, and say those vows to one another in the presence of God, in the presence of, of witnesses who are there, they heard you. You can't deny that marriage You say, no, no, I was there, I heard you say that vow, you recited that vow to the other person. There's something that happens, and I've seen it in all the many, 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 I can't even, I don't even remember how many wedding ceremonies i performed, but there is, a, there is something that takes place during that ceremony. When, when, when the couple says, repeats those, recites those vows to one another, something spiritually takes place. There's a, there's a bond that's established. What happened? A threshold was crossed over. You, you, that was singleness, and this is marriage. This was relationship, but now this is covenant. You've bound, you're bound to each other now because of these vows that you recited. And so, so in a very real way, there is a grace, there are promises that are available to the individual who's crossed over that threshold that's not available yet to the ones who have not. You understand what I'm saying? That's why, that's why God places, we place such a strong emphasis on biblical marriage, so that you have that threshold experience. You cross over, you say, "No, I can't. I don't. I'm not acting. I hope so. Not acting like a single person anymore. Why? Because I'm married. I am bound to this individual. I promise. It's a threshold experience. When Israel." had the opportunity to leave Egypt and they crossed over the Red Sea. That was a threshold experience because on one side of the the Red Sea, they're slaves, but they cross through on the other side. God opens up the Red Sea. They cross over on dry land. They have this miraculous experience. And so from that point forward, they've got no business any longer thinking like slaves, why? They're not slaves. They crossed over the threshold. And that's so symbolic of our experience When we come to Christ and we experience salvation, there is a threshold that we cross over. We go from lost to saved. We go from being in darkness and no matter what you do, it doesn't matter because you're going to hell, why? Because you're, you're a sinner and you're lost in your sins and then you come to Christ and somebody tells you about him and faith rises up in your heart and you yes, Jesus, commit to my heart, I believe that you're my Lord, you're my savior, I believe that you died on the cross for me and then bam, just like in that wedding ceremony, something happens on the inside and you know that you know that, you know that you're not the same person that you were over there. So on this side of the threshold, on the salvation side of the threshold, we got no business talking like, thinking like, acting like the one who's lost, why? You crossed over the threshold. Are you getting this? And so 40 years later, they're now facing the Jordan River. And what's the Jordan River represent? That represents a commitment to the things of God. So yeah, you came through the Red Sea, and many of you may be here today, your experience is gonna be when we take communion, You've already received Christ. He's already, he already is your Lord and Savior, but maybe all this time you've been wandering in the wilderness and not knowing what your purpose is in Christ. And you know on the inside there's a tug, there's something, I know I'm supposed to be doing something more than this. I know there's something more, there's something more, but maybe you've been wandering, maybe today during communion, something is gonna happen inside your heart. And maybe you're gonna take communion today with this in mind. I am ready to cross over the Jordan now. I am ready to possess my promised land. I am ready now to get serious with God. Then we see in the history of the Bible in the Old Testament, there were times when the people of God forgot about God, when they forgot about the temple in Jerusalem, when the temple just laid there in disrepair, no worship going on for decades, decades. And then some king was raised up by God who rediscovered the purpose of the temple. And what did they do? They celebrated communion. We say, they had communion back then? Yeah, it was called Passover. You see, before they left Egypt to go through the Red Sea, they celebrated Passover. What's Passover? God said, go and take a lamb for yourself. Find a lamb that has no spot, no blemish, a perfect one, and slaughter that lamb and take the blood of that lamb. Before you can cross over that threshold, take that blood of that lamb and apply it to where the threshold is. Apply it to the doorpost. And if we were there, and when they applied that blood, and if I was to go to the back of the room here today and take that blood and apply it to the doorpost, I would apply it to the top, I would apply it to the two sides, and I, in effect, would be making the sign of the cross. See, God was telling me all the way back then, look for the cross. It's in the cross where your protection is going to come. It's in the cross where your safety is going to come. It's in the cross where your freedom is going to come. Amen. Amen. They celebrated Passover. When they got to the Jordan River and they crossed the Jordan River and they're about to face their first major battle, what did they do? They celebrated the Passover, communion. When, they, when, they, when the temple was restored and, and, and the King Hezekiah brought back temple worship, the first thing he did was command the people to celebrate Passover. When King Josiah, this little child king, when he rediscovered the scriptures, the scrolls, and he rediscovered the word of God and found that God had commanded them to celebrate the Passover, what did they do? He called the whole nation together in repentance and celebrated Passover. What is he doing? God is using God used that communion, that breaking of the bread, that sharing the cup, that celebration to launch into the next season of life. There's some of you here today, you've been saved for a long time, you've been Christians for a long time, but maybe you've gotten cold. Maybe the doors of your heart have been sealed and there's been no worship going on there. Maybe it was one time when you knew the Word of God and studied the Word of God, but you forgot about the Word. And maybe today during communion, God's going to spark something on the inside, and it's going to be like you rediscovered the Word of God for the first time. Why? You're not going to have a successful 2018 if you don't bring the Word of God in with you. Are you listening to me? So, Jesus, in the night that he's betrayed, he brings them all together. They're going to celebrate. Passover, they're gonna celebrate the event that had taken place 1,500 years before. So he brings them all together for this great celebration. Now they don't know what's gonna happen, but he knows what's gonna happen. And he's taking this opportunity, he explains, he takes the bread and he explains to them what this bread means. This is my body. They understood way more than you and I understand. They understood, they're thinking, imagine they're sitting at the table there and they're thinking about the first conversation some of them had about Jesus with John the Baptist. You see, because some of Jesus' disciples had previously been John the Baptist's disciples. And they were there when John the Baptist pointed to Jesus coming down the road, and he, they, he said about Jesus, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Now they understood, you and I, when we hear behold the, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world, maybe you're like me, maybe you're like me. Uh, you associated that with the little bells. You associated that with, again, the bread's coming. But when they heard John the Baptist say, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, they went back to Genesis chapter 12, Genesis chapter 13. The Lamb of God, the Passover Lamb. Paul writes to the church in Corinth and says that Christ is our Passover, having been sacrificed for us. Okay, the roots of our communion are way back in the Old Testament. Jesus just didn't sit down one day and say, you know what, I think it'd be a neat idea. Let me just take some bread, take some wine. No, no. They understood completely the symbolism that he was using. Now, they didn't have a clue of what was going to happen next. They had no idea that within 24 hours, they would be in deep mourning and grieving. But he was doing everything possible to prepare them to enter into the next season of their lives. What are you doing to prepare for this next season of life, because we can't stop the progression of time. I don't know if you realize that. I don't care, but you're gonna want it to happen, I, don't want, it to happen. I don't want it to happen, it's happening. Tonight at midnight, the clock is gonna strike 12, and we're gonna go from December 31st to January 1st, whether you want it or not, or whether you're prepared or not. 2018 is coming. Seasons of God come upon us. It is up to us to be prepared for that. Now, he has ordained this earth to endure seasons. Okay? They're different from geographic area to geographic area, but seasons change, okay? That is symbolic of our spiritual lives. You and I go through spiritual seasons of life. Not only we go through, we go through natural seasons of life also. What are you doing to prepare for that? I I pray that you'll allow your heart to be prepared today that when we take communion, you're either gonna have one of a bunch of different experiences, Some of you today have not experienced salvation yet. Okay? You have never gotten to the point yet where you said, you know what, I do believe in Jesus. I believe that he is the Son of God. I believe that he died on the cross for my sins. I want him in my life. I want forgiveness of sins. I want to experience this. I want to be born again. I want to have a new nature in God. So for you, you're going to have that Red Sea experience today. Okay, others of you, you're going to go from from just being saved but wandering around and wandering around and wandering around and not knowing your purpose. And I pray that today is the day that God gives you a glimpse of your purpose for the future. There's others, like I said before, you've gotten cold. I'm not going to ask you to show your hands, but you've gotten cold in the things of God. And I pray in Jesus' name that today is the day that when we take communion, that flame shoots back up in your heart again just like you had when you first came to know him, but you were on fire for God, you were devoted, you, you, just, you, you just lived to just experience Jesus each day. I pray that takes place today. But let me give you some, some idea, of maybe some of the natural things, because maybe sometimes when we give an illustration, it's easier to see the spiritual side of it. Um, I was just teaching this a little while ago, I don't remember when it was, but you know, when you're a kid, you can't wait to be a teenager, right? Then you're a teenager, you can't wait to get your license. When you get your license then, you're like, why do I need my license? All they're doing is telling me to go out for milk and bread because they don't want to drive anymore, okay? And so, so you get over that season, okay? So then you go into college or you go into some type of training for your vocation for the future, profession, whatever it is, and you can't wait to graduate. Can't wait to graduate, and it's like, okay, next season of life. But you see, what are you doing to prepare? So now you come out of that. Now you want to settle. You want to settle. You, you've got a job. You've got a profession. So now you're looking forward to, to, to the one that God has for you so that you can settle down and spend the rest of your life. So now you're changing season again. And in every one of those changes, you have to be prepared because if you're not, You end up, I hate to, I don't know how else to put it, but if when you're out of season, when you're in a season unprepared, you never glean, you never get out of that season what you're supposed to. And that's why we have... uh, uh, you know, a 40 year old with a 15 year old mentality, you know, as a husband or a mother and, and kids are suffering. Why? Because you went from season to season without the preparation and you didn't get what you needed out of that season. You didn't endure. You didn't learn from the suffering. You didn't gather anything. You didn't, and so now, now everybody in your life is having to suffer the consequences of having a person in a season that's not prepared for it. Okay, so now you're in this season and you got your kids and so you're trying, now your kids are either raising you or somebody else is having to come in and try to raise the kids and all this other stuff. So now, now the kids leave. The kids leave so now you go from that season of that occupied life and run into basketball games and this thing and baseball and that, the other thing and now this whole season goes by and then one day you wake up and you look across the bed and go, who are you? You're still here? You understand what I'm talking about? And that's why we see such a horrible, just uh, tragedy. that people have been married for 25, 30 years, 35 years, all of a sudden now, they're in the courthouse getting a divorce. Why? Because you didn't get what you needed to get in the season that you we were in to prepare you for the next season that was coming. And so you go through all life, and I could take you from house to house and door to door in some of our senior communities and let you meet individuals that are miserable and just isolated and by themselves and they're just lonely and uh, just nobody wants to be around them. Why? Because they came to this season of life miserable. Why? Because they never got what they needed in the other seasons to prepare them for that last phase. Are you listening to me? And so we see some of the worst case of alcoholism in that season of life. And it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. It should be the time of contentment and fulfillment, the time of looking back and saying, wow, look what God's done for us, and look what we were able to accomplish, and look at my family, and look at my grandchildren, and look at my great-grandchildren. And what a shame when it doesn't happen, all because we weren't prepared for the seasons when they came. And you see, God is bringing us fresh new opportunities in this coming year, in 2018. We as a church have opportunities that are coming upon us. I'm not free to talk about them today. I will be in a short period of time. And God is shifting the emphasis of this church, and he's shifting what he's requiring us, and he is shifting the assignment that we are on. And since so I remember when we first started this church, it was like a triage. We, all we did was just minister to damaged individuals that came out of other ministries and other churches. And I'm not blaming other churches because most of the time people set themselves up to get hurt in a church, okay? But that's what life was about. For those first five or six years, it was like, my God, is there anybody normal anymore? All we, all we were attracting was just damaged people. And then, so we, God had prepared us for that season. God had prepared us for that season. We were very much aware of that facet of, of church life. And so then, then after that, we, we, we launched into a different season. The season was, okay, now it's time to take care of the community. It's time to, to be there and time to feed the needy and, and all this other stuff. And then God prepared us for the season that was coming. We had no idea that Hurricane Sandy was coming. We had no idea whatsoever. But had we not walked out in the seasons that we were in, when God was preparing us, when God was equipping us, when God was bringing us the, the, even the natural things, the resources we were going to need, we would have been totally unprepared when the hurricane came. But however, we were not. We were prepared. God prepared us. God made sure we had the right people in place. God made sure we had the right resources. God had the millions lined up for us to be able to distribute into this community. I don't have the time to talk about it today. If you're not aware of that part of our history, I'll talk to you about it privately if you want to. Millions of dollars worth of resources were funneled through this church into our communities because we paid attention to the season that we're in. And so the the, the season is shifting again. The season is shifting. It's time for us as a a complete body of believers, a group of believers. Last weekend, we had almost 1,400 people in attendance in our Christmas services. Okay, and you know everybody wasn't there. Okay, so now we've gone from this little church from years ago, and we're not a little church anymore. And, And I don't say that like, we're not a little church anymore. We're not a little church with fear and trembling, I say that because big churches also have big opportunities. Big churches face big challenges. But you know what? We're okay, and we're gonna be okay, and we're gonna continue to be okay. And for those of you that are just joining us now in this season of your life, we say welcome, come on in. We've been waiting for you, we're ready for you. Come on in, come and join us. But now God is shifting our attention off of us and onto the lost. And this 2018 is the start of that shifting where you're actually going to see not just talking about it, but it's happening, where God is giving us opportunities to lift up our eyes and to think bigger, to, to lift up our, our expectations, to extend the tent pegs. Why? Because he's going to be doing some big things in the future. Amen. I invite you to come along with us, but you've got to get what you're going to need in the season. You're going to have to have your heart prepared. Amen? Amen. On a personal level. You have to believe God for you. I can believe God for you, but I can't grasp your opportunities. Now, in just a moment, I'm gonna ask you to take hold of those communion cups. And we're gonna take communion together. Now, for those of you who have, you're sitting here and, and, and you know about Jesus, but maybe you've never made a declaration of faith. You have never sealed the fact that you believe in Jesus Christ. You believe beyond the shadow of a doubt that he died on the cross to pay for your sins and for my sins. I pray today that you take communion as a declaration. I believe in Christ. I believe in him. I believe he's the son of God. And I want this new life that he has promised us. And so if that's you, I pray that you take communion for that purpose. For those of you who are ready to get serious with God, and maybe, maybe you're going to have an opportunity to get real serious with God in this new season that we're entering into as a church. I pray that you put your faith out today. Say, Lord, equip me for whatever's ahead. I've prayed this prayer for decades. Father, prepare me for that which is prepared for me. And I pray that you take communion today with that kind of faith. To say, Father, wherever I'm lacking, build me up, empower me. I don't want to miss the season that you have for us. I pray that when you take communion today, you take it with that goal in your heart. For those of you that remember the days when you used to be on fire for God, and whatever He told you to do, you did it with complete obedience, and you know now, you'd be willing to admit, I've grown cold. I pray that when you take communion today, that you take communion with this goal in mind, Father, I want the fire back again. Don't get to the end of your spiritual experience on this planet and end up like those individuals that were completely unprepared, having missed out on every type of opportunity. Don't do that. Commit yourself to him today. Acknowledge your reliance and your dependence upon him. The Bible tells us that when we do that, He'll direct our path. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. We pray that you're blessed and lifted up by God's Word. If this message helped you today, please consider supporting New Beginnings financially. You can just go to newbeginningsnj.org and click the Giving tab. We hope to see you soon.